0: Welcome to The Celebration Sessions with myself, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast unpacking life, loss and love. As I step further into the world of celebrancy, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark, and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. It's a reminder of the positivity that can come from making the most of the important times. Above all, a reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. This is the Celebration Sessions podcast. Welcome along once again, Connor. with you again and I hope whenever or indeed wherever you're tuning into this. I'm delighted you're here and of course I hope we find you well. Uh, Now we have a nice one for you today as we delve into the idea of celebration and ritual surrounding coming of age, a rite of passages, children step into adolescence and into adulthood. Now really many religions have their own way of of marking that rite. many cultures have their own unique ways, uh, unique rituals to celebrate and to take children through that journey. But one celebration, I think, is much depicted in Hollywood and TV and media as well, and that's the Bar Mitzvah, a coming-of-age celebration in Judaism. Now, I was lucky enough uh, in the past, in fact, to be invited to attend a Bar Mitzvah, and I have to say it was such a wonderful celebration, uh, and I think there there was so much in it that I feel we can learn from. And that's really what this episode is about. I just want to discover a little bit more about it. What do we really know about the Bar Mitzvah? So... Without further ado, uh, we'll introduce my guest today, Chair of the Dublin City Interfaith Forum and uh, Chair of Rights and Practices with the Dublin Jewish Progressive Congregation, Hillary Abrahamson. Hello,
1: Hillary. Well, hello, Connor, and thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, well, it's it's wonderful to have you here today. Delighted you've agreed to chat to me today. How have you been over the last while?
1: Well, we've been in lockdown, of course, like everybody else, and. Uh it's not too bad, actually. It, it's quite good, but I haven't got around to doing any tidying that I promised myself in the house. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's all right. You, the Jewish community has been fantastic because everything is online and we have every day um, either a, an interesting speaker. Okay. Or I do cookery, um, yoga twice a week, wow. uh, sign language twice a week, all sorts of things going on services everything it's just been amazing
0: so there is that sense of connection then in in the community through the through the pandemic moving online
1: i mean we even had a purim play last week
0: oh wow brilliant (laughs) how did that go for you
1: it went well i was just sorry we didn't record it because that would have been fun to be able to play back
0: (laughs) That certainly would have been one for prosperity, I think, (laughs) given the year that's in it. Um, But look, let's get into it. Um, Obviously, I asked you to join me today to explore the idea of uh, coming of age in in Jewish faith and really so many religions, cultures, countries even have their own way of of celebrating a journey from childhood into adolescence or adulthood. But there is something I, I, that, that just captures people's imaginations about the Bar Mitzvah. So I just wanted to, um, to, to, to learn a bit more about, about that. And I, I guess we could start with an overview of the history of the Bar Mitzvah. So how far does it go back or, or you know, where does it come from? Uh,
1: bar Mitzvah goes back a very long way it doesn't appear in the torah or in the in the talmud but it is in the mishnah okay i mean there's a little story about abraham who was who became the first jew because he realized that there was something more than worshiping idols or uh plants or trees or things like that and his father terach was an idol maker and one day, this is just a little story. It's called a midrash.
0: A midrash, a midrash is very good. a
1: story that explains something that happens in the Torah. And one day, Abraham was left in charge of the shop, whatever whatever you would call it. <laughs> okay. And one of the idols fell off the shelf and broke. When his father came back, uh, his father said, "What happened?" And he said, "Well, you see the the big idol there." He took a stick and he went over and he hit the little idol and the idol broke. And his father said, but that's absolutely ridiculous. And Abraham said, well, in that case, why are you worshipping idols? And I believe that Abraham was 13 at the time. And that's where the the right of realizing what's happening and that there is only a God, there isn't a there isn't uh, an idol to bow yeah, down to okay. and worship. So something like that, but uh, that's just kind of the background. Okay.
0: So so there is that idea then of spiritual uh, awareness. Now you, you say it's not written in the Torah, no. but it is written in the Mishnah, Mishnah. Mishnah. So there is that idea of spiritual significance to this idea of, of, yeah. of growth, so really. At
1: 13, that's the time, and I suppose it's puberty for boys. At 13, that's when boys take responsibility. Now, education is extremely important. Well, it's important in all the faiths. But when you're Jewish and you have a family and you start t- teaching the children from, from the moment they can speak, you know, they're, they're learning songs and they're learning different things, even b- before they go to Cheder, uh, which is religion school. So you know they have they have a knowledge of what's going on because they they go to synagogue with you, they hear the music they they know to say "Shabbat Shalom to everybody, you know even when they're which is like which is what you say on the Shabbat on Shabbat to wish everybody peaceful Shabbat so Indeed. you know they're, they're involved in everything from the tiniest tiniest tot and um, even a Passover which is all geared for children, the youngest child has to ask questions and it, you know children are included in everything in Judaism. And if they would normally have started I think you know when, when they were in places like Poland and, and, and Russia and so on, they would have started learning at about three they would have gone to okay. started going to cheder to religion school. And so you know, and they learn, and they go on and on, and because they're learning all the time, having a bar mitzvah is not um, a daunting thing because they're learning. E- even um, when when I was teaching, children would start about five okay. in religion school, and and they were they they learned the traditions, and they learned their Hebrew and how to take part in things. We even ran children's services to get them used to being on the bimmer so that they wouldn't be frightened when it came to the time of bar mitzvah. So, so
0: sorry, so I, I'm hearing that, that that level of preparation, it's it's ongoing, it's a form of continual learning, almost. Um, I'm thinking there must be a point then where that learning takes on a more, I don't know, d- directed, purposeful a uh, stage where it's you know a dedicated learning begins. So I think my question is, what does that process look like as as it gets closer to the occasion?
1: Because they've been the children have been attending um, religion school. It's only once a week, but coming up to um, a bar mitzvah, it's much more intense. I used to run um, a bar mitzvah course. Because I thought it it was good for all of the children. There were never very more than four or five at a time who would be having a bar mitzvah in our synagogue during during a year. So they became great friends, and it was like a club. And we would go over all of the Jewish rituals and learning and reinforcing their Hebrew to recite prayer, to read prayers, and to learn music so that they could take part in in the service and we uh, we would have a um a children's service maybe once a month so they would be used to standing up on the bimmer and 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 speaking from there it wouldn't be a big a big um terror or anything for, for them we did cookery we did all sorts oh, wow. of things oh yeah we baked chalas, which is the the bread that they would uh, have on a friday night we did all all sorts of all sorts of fun things
0: oh well. my word challah yes i'm in fact very familiar with uh, with challah uh, i've got a good friend who makes challah um and so i'll say hello mags uh, mags puts like really gorgeous challah uh, pictures up on uh, on instagram so i'm still waiting to try some but you know there's a pandemic on so we'll hang on but um do you know what for, from listening to you there what, what's jumping out at me have you know having been brought up in a catholic faith and you know the confirmation which would be i guess close enough to um to bar mitzvah age the confirmation is is a group ceremony but what's really lovely about bar and bat mitzvah is that each celebration seems to be unique to each child, so it's a very it, it, it's very special that it's it's one ceremony for one child. You know, basically, you know, every child gets their own ceremony. You know,
1: unless you are like my son.
0: <laughs> Go on.
1: My <laughs> husband David has a brother and a sister, and his sister gave birth to a boy on the fourth of August. Okay. We had a boy on the seventh of August. And my, uh, David's brother and his wife had a boy on the 9th of August. So within the one week.
0: I see where this is going. Um,
1: <laughs> my parents in law, had, th- who had only had granddaughters, now had three grandsons, all born in the one week.
0: Oh, my word. And it's... so they
1: were all entitled to one portion. Now, my sister in law lived in Israel. My uh, other sister in law. Was orthodox. Okay. And we weren't quite sure how were we going to do this bomitzer.
0: Of course.
1: And so we had a triple bomitzer in our synagogue, and it was the most incredible and amazing event because these three boys, first cousins, were all entitled to have the same portion, and we split it up so that each one had their own portion. He's never forgiven me because he would have liked to have (laughs) had.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine.
1: It was unique, no, it was unique uh, to have the three first cousins all on the one, all on the one week. It was indeed, quite
0: indeed, and I'm sure, of course, it doesn't happen that often. So I guess that in itself made it a very special occasion. You know, in that. In in that it wouldn't happen very often. Um, tell me this: with coming of age, there is the idea, I think, of responsibility. So so so, what comes then with the with the bar mitzvah?
1: At thirteen, a, a, a young boy takes on responsibility uh, for keeping up the Jewish traditions, observing the Jewish traditions. He's entitled to make up a minyan, which is the, the minimum quantity of men you need for a service of 10 men, in minyan. Um, they're also entitled to wear a talit, which is a prayer shawl. A talit. And they're entitled to take their place. And in fact, when a boy is 13, the father says, blessed be he who removed me from the responsibility of this boy. The boy can take his place in religious services as an adult. Of course, it's not until I think they're 20 that they actually have full responsibility. They can join the the army or whatever it is. Right, yeah. That's when you're an adult, adult. But when you're 13, you take on responsibilities uh, for for the Jewish tradition.
0: So... Might that then be one of the key themes? I guess of that specific coming of age ritual, the idea of spiritual awareness
1: is—is
0: is that what that is then?
1: Absolutely, and they w- they would mm-hmm. have been learning all the way up, and so now they they can take their place as an adult in in the service in in the. Tr- the halakha, in the, in the tradition.
0: In the tradition, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, you mentioned uh, uh, talit there. That That's that's something you wear, is it?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, talit is a prayer shawl. And, and of course, they wear the little skull cap or a kippah. Uh, but uh, in, in very orthodox um, traditions, uh, the talit... And uh, men, unmarried men don't wear them during regular services, they, not until they're married. But in, in our okay, sense, right, yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: boys wear them from the time of the mitzvah and sometimes even before, but right, um, they, right. they are entitled to wear a proper talit.
0: Okay, I see, I see. Um, now, you mentioned, in fact, the kippah there as well. I actually have my own keypad, more than one. Uh, I built up uh, quite the collection because uh, I had to to wear one to, uh, to synagogue. I still have them, in fact, uh, prized possessions. Um, and in fact, speaking of synagogue, um, let me ask you this then, what does the actual service look like then, the service in synagogue?
1: Well, for the first time, the boy the young man, will be called up by his Hebrew name to read from the Torah. And going up, there's usually three steps to go up onto the bima to read. Um, it's called an aliyah.
0: An aliyah. You're
1: given an aliyah. And aliyah is, is to go up, but it's also the word, if you're going to Israel and you're going to live in Israel, you're making aliyah. It's the same word because you're going up to Israel.
0: Okay, so, okay.
1: So the boy will be called up. He will recite his his fir- the first blessing, the, the barakah. Uh, then he will sing or chant his Torah portion and then give the next blessing.
0: I'm sorry, Hilary, can I jump in there and ask, just for, for anyone who, who doesn't know, could you explain then what the Torah is is because even now, I myself would know the difference between the the Torah and and the Talmud, for example.
1: Well, the Torah is a, a scroll, a long scroll on two wooden rollers, and the scroll is made from the skin of a kosher animal. Okay. If you were to unroll a Torah to its to the end, it's the length of a football pitch. Really? Wow. Yes, it's very long. Oh, my word. What a Torah contains are the five books of Moses, okay. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those are the five books of Moses, and right. that's what a Torah contains. So it goes from the story of creation to the death of Moses. That's exactly what's what's in a Torah. I see. It's written on the, the specially prepared parchment, and the words are written in a special decorated hebrew lettering some of the, the letters will have little crowns and it's very specially written it's written by a scribe and the scribe is called a sofa, sofer s o f e r is the, is is the hebrew and it's it's beautifully written and when when you come to the museum or you come to a synagogue i will show you what, what the Torah looks like. Because when the sofa is writing it, is writing the, the Torah, when it comes to the name of God, they leave a little space uh, all, all the way along. And then when the sofa is ready to put in those words, he goes to a mikvah, which is a ritual bath, and immerses himself so that he's absolutely clean and holy. And then he will put in the name of God, filling in all the details all the, the details. The, the rollers that the Torah is, is fixed to are wooden rollers. They're called Eitzchayim, tree of life, because all of life is in that, in that uh, Torah. So then the young man will go up and he will read his portion from the Torah. And then he will go and he will read from the Haftorah. And so there's a reading from the prophets, which, which will go. Go after the Torah, Torah reading, and um, and there are blessings before and after, much longer blessings than there are for the Torah. And so the child has to do all of that, or the young man as he is now. And uh, when he finishes reading his Torah portion, he gets pelted with sweets.
0: Rice. Oh very so good. So they, they throw
1: they throw the sweets so that he'll have a, a sweet life, as you said. Uh, and it's a time of happiness, and you'll find all the small children in the synagogue are scrambling around to, trying to pick up these sweets. So that that's the main part of the bar mitzvah ceremony is is reading from the Torah, reading from the prophets, and everybody being extremely happy because he's given such a one he's done it in such a wonderful way i won't say it's a performance because it's not a performance it's it's actually you know it's concentrating and getting through but it's not designed it's it's a ritual it's a ritual yeah exactly yeah it is a ritual yeah
0: yeah and and there seems to be such a lovely element of community to as well the community get involved and, and contribute to it absolutely
1: all your friends all your family oh my goodness this is this is the high spot of of a parent's life that they have brought a child to this stage to a bar mitzvah to have been able to accomplish that. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you know, all, all his friends in school who are not Jewish will also be invited and, and the families and so on if there's enough room in the synagogue. I mean, when when we had the, the triple one, we had over 300 people, I think. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, you have as many as as you would like to join you, which which is, it's a wonderful occasion. So that's so, a bar mitzvah.
0: Uh, no, exactly. So that is a bar mitzvah. And that's <laughs> a lovely segue now into a bat mitzvah. Um, along the way, bat mitzvah came into being. So so tell us a little bit about that then.
1: Okay. So bat mitzvah is much more recent, of course, because a bar mitzvah goes back two and a half thousand years. But the first bat mitzvah cer- ceremony that was held in Dublin was in our synagogue. Our synagogue was f- founded in 1946, and in 1947, the first Bat Mitzvah ceremony was held, okay. and it was at the time of the festival of Shavuot. And the festival of Shavuot is when the um, Ten Commandments was given at the top of Mount Sinai. So that that is the Torah reading, or that was the Torah reading for gen- usually for girls. And the Haftura reading was the Book of Ruth, which is a beautiful book in the Bible. And it deals with the story of Naomi and her husband. However, since then, and, and now girls have their bat mitzvah on their Hebrew birthday, and it's observed in exactly the same way as the boys but up to about, um, I think sometime in the 50s, was the first uh, single bat mitzvah. And then I had, I had one in 1960, I had my bat mitzvah. And then my daughter had a, a bat mitzvah. And then my mother had a bat mitzvah. Now, when my mother was growing up, she grew up in an Orthodox okay. synagogue. And there was, no, there was no chance of having a bat mitzvah in those years. But girls have a bat mitzvah when they're 12. And as I may have already said, a lifespan used to be three score years and 10. Right. And if a man reaches the age of 83, he is entitled to have a second bar mitzvah. And it's a lovely thing to do. Now, my mother never had a bat mitzvah, but when she was 82, she had a bat mitzvah, and I had the pleasure of teaching her. I oh, also wow.
0: That's wonderful. But, you know,
1: it's, a, it's a wonderful tie-in. And then, I think it was in 2017, 2017 my yeah. granddaughter, my mother's great-granddaughter, okay, yeah. had a bat mitzvah in our synagogue. So we are very proudly a four-generation bat mitzvah family in Dublin.
0: Wow. And, and, and imagine that must be very rare, I guess. Not many synagogues, certainly in Ireland at least, uh, c- can say that.
1: Yeah, it is very rare. It's very unusual.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And and do you know what I'm taking from this as well as the idea that there is as much spiritual weight given to this coming of age as there is to other occasions and rites like like marriage?
1: Oh, yeah, we can go, we can do another program on marriage
0: if you want. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to. There's so much to learn about about, uh, about Jewish faith. Um, and in fact, Hilary, hopefully you'll be my regular guest uh, on here. Um, but listen, talking about Irish synagogues and Irish numbers, what type of numbers of children then are are even coming close then to celebrating a bar or bat mitzvah
1: well I'm, I'm not sure about the Orthodox I imagine that there is there would be quite a number because there, there are a fair amount of children young children not native Irish but there are young children in the in the community in our community I think we possibly two or three who
0: are due to have uh, a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I mean, the reason I ask is this idea that when a child is, you know, 12 or 13, they just kind of want to fit in with their friends. But obviously a parent would want their children to be religiously engaged. Now that's an easier balance, I think, to strike with, with Irish kids celebrating a confirmation. Um, And so I guess I'm asking about kids of Jewish faith in Dublin, for example, if there's only going to be two or three preparing um, for a bar mitzvah, how did they fit in then with their non-Jewish friends? Or even is is that something that even that we need to even be conscious of or 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 aware of? What do you think?
1: I don't think it causes um, any problems, really. I I don't. I don't think so, um, because bar mitzvah is so important. Bar and bat mitzvah in, 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 in certainly in the Jewish community, because it's so important. The, the the non-Jewish friends always come along, and they're so impressed by what what's happening, because normally it would be done in groups with with um, with uh, confirmation and holy communion.
0: Mm. Yes. But they're, they're always yeah, I guess.
1: amazed that, that the, their friend is brave enough to go up there and do the whole thing on his own. Yes. Because it, it's a much bigger um, ceremony.
0: Yes. Now, that is something that I picked up on in Tel Aviv yes. at Yoav's uh, Bar Mitzvah.
1: Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, one of uh, my Michael's... Uh, cousins is called Yoav. Yoav, Timothy and Michael ah. have their Bar Mitzvah together.
0: <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yoav. Uh, yeah, it's a cool name. It's a cool name. But, it, but, you know, it just struck me, I think at the time, how mature he was for a 13 year old, how confidently and competently that he took on his Torah readings. Uh, you know, he, Absolutely excelled, um, and even after yeah. at the party, he was able to talk so maturely and thank his family, and it, it was super to see. Uh,
1: yes, uh, certainly. Once a boy has or a girl has had a a bar a bat mitzvah, um, they they are much more mature at, at the end of the process. They really are and ready to take on responsibility, and and you can see how much they've grown up during the the last year um, of of preparation.
0: And and, and yeah, it must be down to that level of preparation and the fact that it goes back so far as well, I think, when they're so small.
1: Very tiny, yeah. In fact, one of the parents that I had, I taught his three sons, and he, he came to me a few years ago and he said to me, you know, your bar mitzvah course was the making of my boys.
0: Ah, that's really lovely. That's great to hear. And you know what? I can appreciate that. That that really is that really is lovely. And you know what, I think added to the fact that you see this, you know, step and maturity, but but you know, added to that, it's the fact that, you know, <laughs> you get a day like that to yourself. It's a celebration just for you, that's centered around you. You know, it's 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 wonderful. I was
1: going to say, it's not usually just the day of the bar mitzvah. It will be the Friday night before the bar so when the family have come from all all over the world, of course, come to celebrate, yes, of course. and you have your Friday night celebratory meal, and then there's the Saturday, and sometimes in the evening there'll be something as well, and then on a Sunday morning you'll have something to say goodbye to all the friends who've come specially for the weekend. So it's it's like a whole weekend of of celebration and partying, but it's also a very spiritual time and, you know, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents if they're around. It's such a wonderful thing to see that, the Jewish community is continuing. It's so important
0: and and do you know what you, you touched on on something there. Would a bar mitzvah then just take place over Shabbat, or can they happen can they happen across the week as as well, or is it just Shabbat?
1: Well, we usually have it on on a Saturday morning uh, on Shabbat. but with the Orthodox, the Torah is also read on Mondays and Thursdays.
0: So oh, right. it could be
1: Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whichever. And Mondays and Thursdays were to- were were chosen because back in temple times, two and a half thousand years ago, okay. people would go to the market or whatever it was on Mondays and Thursdays. And so the Torah would be read at that time when you were certain that you would have enough people around to hear. But generally... It's on. It's on a shabbat.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I see. I see. And and in fact, the reason I asked that is because Yoav's bar mitzvah was across shabbat, and. Um, being the good boy that I am um, I observed Shabbat as well I got on board I observed as as, as many rituals as I could um, which meant my phone was left back in the hotel now I will be honest um, the idea of turning my phone off I mean look it can be a bit scary when you're away um, but it was wonderful in fact in hindsight because it meant that I was engaged I was present uh, I didn't have one eye on my phone so that was really really nice now that's um what was uh, what was interesting. Uh, being non Jewish meant that I became the Shabbos Goy, uh, for Shabbat, which meant I could uh, help out with some of the things that the others couldn't do. So that was nice uh, to be able to to uh, to contribute. And in fact, I, I, do you know what? While I'm talking about, it, I don't know if the family will will get to hear this podcast. If it does get shared online to Miri, to Enon, to Yoav and to all the family. And, and to, I should thank Tom and Izzy as well, who were just so fab. It was a wonderful occasion to be invited to. And, and the family, do you know what? The family really shared it with me and, and made me feel so welcome. So it was, it was, it was really, really great. So, so, so I, I send out lots of thanks and, and gratitude to them. Anyway... Hillary, um, I've, I've kept you a, a, a long time now. I will let you go. And that was really wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with uh, with myself and the listeners as well. I know I got an awful lot out of it. No doubt uh, the listeners did as well. So I look forward to hearing from you all. Um, I didn't get around to, to, to getting to the Jewish Museum Portobello before COVID. So I will make it my business uh, to get down to visit as soon as restrictions lift. Um, you, you, you volunteer there?
1: Yeah, I volunteer there. And in fact, when you mentioned Shabbos Goy just now, all the little streets around where the Jewish Museum is, that is where the Jewish families settled. And it became known as Little Jerusalem, that area. And of course, on Shabbat, because they were all very religious, Nobody, you couldn't light a fire. You couldn't do anything like that. And so their Christian neighbors became the Shabbos Indeed. boys. And they would go in and they would light the fires or switch on lights uh, over Shabbat. And even Karulo Dolly was one of the Shabbos boys, really? President of Dolly. Yes. And there's a lovely story, but I'll keep that for another time. <laughs>
0: And on that teaser, <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, Hilary, I'd love you to come back and, and talk to me again sometime. Um, G- Jewish faith and culture has some, s- really so many wonderful rituals. And they all centre, I think, around family and community and breaking bread together. And and it's wonderful. So I, I look forward to learning more. And you know what, in fact, while, while you mention uh, Little Jerusalem, I might just mention uh, another podcast, uh, Three Castles Burning, uh, a history uh, podcast about Dublin. I mean, lots of episodes about really interesting and, to be honest, very random uh, aspects of of the city at times, but all equally fascinating. And there is one episode uh, about Little Jerusalem and the Jewish culture in, in Dublin. So if you do, if any of the listeners do want to learn more, that is one thing for you to check out. But of course... Uh, Hillary, a great resource uh, to learn more about at jewishmuseum.ie, uh, just off the South Circular Road.
1: Yeah, of course we're closed at the moment, and not sure when we'll be reopening. But we will be reopening, but we've been closed for over a year now. So it's
0: um... indeed, indeed, it is dreadful. Yeah. But look, here's hoping it's it's going to be sooner rather than later uh, when things can reopen again. I, 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 there are a, a lot of positive signs for for normal uh, normal times uh, to return. Hillary, thank you once again. All the best.
1: And thank you for let, <laughs> letting me join you. <laughs>
0: Oh, my absolute pleasure my absolute pleasure uh, Hillary, till the next time thank you uh, this has been the Celebration Sessions thanks so much for joining me don't forget uh, like and subscribe across uh, Spotify iTunes uh, Google Podcasts uh, Acast etc and uh, do rate and review where you can that would just be brilliant uh, till the next time take care stay safe and we'll see you soon